Well, uh, how, how at peace are you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sometimes when people ask me that, I say I'm in pieces. That's how I feel. But uh, good, to, good to be with you again tonight, and I look forward to uh, what we're uh, going to look into. Let's go ahead and have a word of prayer, and uh, we'll, we'll jump in here. Father, thank you for this time tonight, and um, thank you for the, the privilege that we have of being together. Thank you for these folks who have uh, given of their time and and, um, and energy and, and uh, decided to, to make this the, the point to be here. And God, would you, um, uh, would you now speak to us again? I ask that you would give us ears to hear what your spirit has to say. Um, would you give us uh, the, the grace that we need uh, that, that will give us the desire and the power to obey the things you put in our lives, Lord? Uh, that, you, um, that you emphasize that we need to be working on and changing. And I, I pray that, God, for me first and, uh, and for my family and my team and then for this church, God, would we all be willing to, um, uh, to hear what you have to say, I pray. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so we're talking in these um, <coughs> uh, first sessions about uh, how we can, um, what, what the purpose is for relationships, and that purpose is to... All right, that was a little better. Okay, well, uh, to make God look good, okay? We want, we want the world to be able to see uh, a, a picture of who God is when they look at us and see us, even with all our differences, even with our uh, different perspectives and, and uh, uniqueness, but learning to live together and, and, and function together. And, and, um, and, and as we do that, then the world can, uh, can see who God is. Uh, one of the things that I... You know, keep referencing this issue of, of being different. And, and, uh, and for, I, for one, I don't know y'all, about y'all, but I, for one, am, am glad that, that I'm a guy. I'm glad that God made me the way that, uh, that he did. And so uh, I, I've got a, a list of reasons why I'm, I'm glad I'm a guy. The, the, number 10 is this. Phone conversations are over in 30 seconds flat. You know, that's, that's handy. Number nine. Um, oops, went too far there. Number nine, you can go to the bathroom without a support group. That's what that one said. <coughs> uh, it went way too far. Okay, number eight. Number eight. Okay, if someone forgets to invite you to something, he or she can still be your friend. It's a nice thing. Number seven, you get extra credit for the slightest act of thoughtfulness. And guys, we need to be grateful to the men who've gone before and set the bar really low. That's, uh, I appreciate that. Uh, the number six reason I'm glad to be a guy is gray hair and wrinkles only add character, you know? So uh, that's, that's a good thing. Uh, number five, you can quietly watch a game with your buddy for hours without ever thinking, he must be mad at me. <laughs> Doesn't cross our mind. Number, number four, the same hairstyle lasts for years, maybe even decades. I am increasingly grateful for that, uh, that particular aspect. Number three, your pals can be trusted to never trap you with, so, notice anything different? <laughs> that doesn't, uh, we don't have to worry about that. And the number two reason I'm glad that I am a guy is you can drop by to see a friend without having to bring a little gift. <laughs> I've never understood that rule, guys. I don't... And the number one reason I'm glad that I'm a guy is, is this. If another guy shows up at a party wearing the same outfit as you, you just might become lifelong friends. <laughs> With ladies, you know, that's a, that's a horrifying thing. Guys, we look at them and we're like, hey, you're a sharp dresser, you know? So uh, that's, that's a good thing. All right, seriously, we want to talk tonight... Uh, about, um, about this area of, 
um, how we go about making God look good through our relationships. Last night we talked about the issue of love and loving one another and the, um, the importance of that. Tonight we're going to talk about uh, the next, next aspect of this, and that's the issue of, of respect. Uh, what does God's Word have to say uh, about respect? Romans chapter 12 says this, it says, outdo one another in showing honor. I, I like that, um, I just like that way of thinking, that uh, it's almost like Paul like, wants us to be competitive when it comes to showing honor and respect to, to others. And, um, you know, so you kind of wonder, what, how, does, how does showing respect and honor, and I'll, I'm going to use those two terms interchangeably, um, because I, I find the, the theme of those in Scripture, you, that's, those words are used interchangeably. But um, how does showing honor or respect help us go about making God look good? I, I read, was reading a book a while back, and the author quoted um, Dallas Willard. He says this, If you want to really expl- experience the flow of love as never before, the next time you're in a competitive situation, pray that the others around you will be more outstanding, more praised, more used of God than yourself. Really pull for them and rejoice in their success. If Christians were universally to do this for each other, the earth would soon be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. And I, I, I think that's true. And I think that's what the Apostle Paul is saying here. If we were to have an attitude that said, you know what, I, I, I'm, I'm rooting for and hoping for and cheering that others will be successful, they'll be elevated. If that was our attitude, instead of me first, instead of let me make sure I get, oh, you know, my um, uh, praise and, and uh, appreciation. If, if it wasn't about, hey, look at my kids or whatever. If we could really had that attitude of outdoing one another and showing honor, it would change the atmosphere of the Christian community and it would, it would change our impact and influence on the world. So this, this issue is, is really important. Now, when I, when I used to teach this, I used to teach these two things of love and respect, and, and I would talk on Monday night about love, and I would talk uh, basically to men about Ephesians 5, which talks about husbands love your wives. And then on Tuesday night, I would talk to, to the ladies about respect, because it says in that passage, likewise, wives respect your husbands. But what I've, what I've found is this, both of those themes are, are, are um, all throughout Scripture, all throughout the New Testament especially, with regard to all of our relational aspects. Whether we're men or women or husbands or wives, we all need to be working on loving one another. We all need to be showing respect. And so as I started just going through Scripture and looking at this more in depth, I found some just, just various aspects. So, so I want to look here at, at who needs your respect, okay? Not, I used to say who deserves your respect, but that's not what we're talking about. Who needs respect according to God's Word, okay? Uh, the first person on this list is, is your boss. First Timothy, Paul says this, all slaves... And some of you are thinking, yeah, that's me, okay? All slaves should show full respect for their masters. Why? So that they will not bring shame on the name of God and on his teaching. It, 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 why, why do we want to show respect for, for our boss? So that we can make God look good. The next, next person, ladies, is your husband. Ephesians 5.33, I just referenced that. Wives, respect your husband. I love, love what the Amplified says here. And let the wife see that she respects and reverences her husband, and that she notices him, regards him, honors him, 
prefers him, venerates and esteems him, that she defers to him, praises him, and loves and admires him exceedingly. And all the guys are saying, I want a picture of that on our wall somewhere. You know, that's what guy doesn't want that kind of, of respect. And, and ladies, let me tell you, you have no idea the effect, the impact that it has on your husband when you show respect and honor to him. Uh, that, that, that does incredible things for the well-being of your husband. The next on this list is, guys, your wife. First Peter says, in the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with, an under, with understanding as you live together. It's that verse we referenced last night. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. And so, so guys, we, we need to understand that, that as, as much as we desire respect, we need to be respecting and honoring our, our wives. Unfortunately, I think a lot has been done um, to dishonor the name of Christ by the way men have treated wives. And, and, and we need to work at changing that. The next is this. We need to, to respect those who disagree with you. First Peter, again, says this. If, if anyone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. We, we need to be ready to defend and explain the, the truth and, 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 and what we stand for. But get this. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Sadly, the, one of the places where I see this abused more than anywhere is on social media. You go to Facebook and you watch how, peop watch how people are responding. I haven't even been on Facebook since the election. I don't, I, don't even wanna, I don't even wanna know. Every now and then my wife will read something to me. But I, I saw so much leading up to it of what, what Christians are saying. And, it, and it's, listen, I believe in speaking up for truth, okay? I, I believe that we need to say what is right and what is good and stand up for that. But we can do that in a, in a hostile and, and, uh, and mean-spirited way, or we can do that in a respectful and Christ-like way. And, and so, yes, stand for truth. Speak up for what you believe in, but do it in such a way that it brings honor to the name of Jesus. And then lastly is governing officials. Get this, I'm, I'm reading through 1 Peter right now. I read this verse the other day. 1 Peter 2.17, Peter says, respect the king. Now think about it. Who was, who were the governing officials in Peter's day? You had, you had the um, uh, Nero, okay, the Caesars, the, the, the Herods, that, that family. Um, I mean, it's, it's awful, godless, immoral, vile people. And, and as, as we look at some of our governing officials in these days, and there's, there's, there's things we don't like, things we're dissatisfied with, things we're frustrated with. And, and, I, and I understand that. But, but we don't have anybody in government like the kind of people that Peter was talking about. And yet Peter says, you need to respect, show respect and honor to the king. I'm going to look at a passage of scripture here tonight. If you want to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 24, that I think will give us some, some perspective on this. Years ago, I was... Um, I was in ministry, I was in, and uh, I, I served with a guy who, um, we, just, we just had difficulty. We didn't see eye to eye 
on, on a lot of things. And uh, uh, the way he handled people, the way he, um, some of the methods and, and, and ideas he had for, for ministry, just, uh, you know, we just didn't agree. And, um, and, and I, I, would, I, just, I just got frustrated. And um, if, if you know me, I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't hide things well, and I don't hide my frustration really well. And so uh, uh, that came out at times, and the, some, some of the ways I spoke to him. And, and I, I was talking to a friend and mentor one time and just sharing with him just some of my frustration and trying to get his advice and counsel. And he said, you need to just read through David's life. And, see, and just just see just walk through and, and see what David did. And so so here in this passage, this is this is an is, issue with instance with Saul and David. And the, the background here is this: um, uh, you know, David was anointed as king. Saul was had, had you know God said I'm going to remove you and your family. And so so Saul knew this. There's bitterness and jealousy and anger. Um, he he was. Uh, uh, demon oppressed and and uh, and influenced at times and and uh, you know he's trying to kill David and so David's on the run, hiding out in caves, you know, out in the wilderness. Well, Saul, somebody tipped Saul off. He said, "I know where David is," and so Saul came to get him. He took three thousand men and he said, "Let's go get him." So, um, so so that's that's the situation. So start in verse three, chapter twenty-four, verse three. It says, and he came to the sheepfolds by the way where there was a cave, and Saul went in to relieve himself. Now, now here's the thing. I, I remember reading this a few years ago. I don't ever remember this story when I was a kid, okay? Uh, the, the whole thing about Saul going to the cave, I'm sure I would remember that. I don't, there wasn't a flannel graph for Saul relieving himself. That, I'm sure as a, like a, you know, a nine-year-old boy, that would have been memorable. I don't remember this, but here's, okay, this is what Scripture says. So, so Saul's going in to relieve himself. Now David and his men were sitting in the innermost parts of his cave. And so, so, here, so here's the deal. Say David's in this cave. He sees Saul coming. So he and the guys are, are backing up. They're sneaking up in here. And, and Saul comes in. Then it says this, And the men of David said to him, here is the day of which the Lord said to you, Behold, I will give your enemy into your hand, and you shall do to him as it shall seem good to you. Apparently, God had told David, I'm going to deliver your enemies into your hands. And, and, and he had told his men that. And, and his men said, This is it. This is the day that God ordained. This is your opportunity. So what does David do? Then David arose and stealthily cut off a corner of Saul's robe. I don't know why he did that. I don't know whether he just chickened out, you know, he got close, or, or, or I, I, I don't know. But for some reason, rather than killing Saul, he just cut off a little bit of his robe. That's all he did. Cut off a little bit of his robe. Look, look at this. And afterward, David's heart struck him because he had cut off a corner of Saul's robe. He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my Lord. Get this. The Lord's anointed to put out my hand against him, seeing he is the Lord's anointed. David understood the sovereignty of God. He understood that God had, and, and remember, God didn't establish Saul. God had told the people, I'm, I'm, I'm your king. You don't need a, a human king. The people were the ones who stood up and said, no, we want this guy. And, and God said, okay, if that's what you want. And yet David's perspective is, God is sovereign over everything. And he's allowed this to happen. And so Saul is God's anointed. 
how dare I, you know, even, even uh, dishonor him by cutting off a bit of his robe? And, and the story goes on. That Saul leaves and goes down, and David comes out after Saul gets a little bit away. And he's like, Saul, it's me, David. I cut off the corner of your robe. I, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. I was wrong. And, and um, we need to have that kind of perspective, that kind of attitude. And, and as I read through that story and, and other accounts of how David um, re- re- responded to, to Saul, how he treated him, how he showed respect and honor, that changed my whole perspective with regard to authority, regard to, to people in my life that, 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 that need respect, not necessarily for their sake, as much as for mine, and as much as for the honor of, of God's name. So, so, so that's kind of the foundation. Now, you might be sitting here thinking, you know, hey, Jimmy, this whole respect thing is not an issue for me, okay? Uh, so uh, I don't struggle with this. But I, I want to look at a couple things, maybe some, some reasons why. How do I know if I'm, if I'm showing disrespect to somebody, if I'm not being respectful? ask yourself these questions. One, do I compliment as much as I criticize? As, as much as I, uh, you know, is there a balance in the way that I talk to and about people? Do you ever pull the I told you so card? You know, told you shouldn't have bought that. Told you shouldn't have married him. Told whatever, you know. That's, that's, that's a way uh, of showing disrespect. Do I compliment as much as I compare. Comparison can be just a subtle way of, of disrespecting somebody. I'm not a, um, I'm not a particularly handy person, okay? I'm, I, I'm okay if you, can, if you show me what to do and I, you know, I, can, I can get some things done, but, but, but you know, being a handyman is not, not my, uh, my gift and strength. But, uh, but I can do a few things. So, so one day, we um, were at our house back in Michigan and um, and our, our, our um, shower was leaking. It was leaking, leaked down in the, behind the faucet. So, so I decided I was going to fix this. So, so I went in and pulled off the access panel and got behind it. And I was working in there. And, and after a little bit, I came out. And I told Lori, I said, I've got good news and I've got bad news. The good news is the shower's fixed. The bad news is I broke the toilet. Now, in my defense, the, the access to the shower was here, and there's like 14 inches between that and the, and the toilet. And so I had a pipe wrench, and these old corroded pipes. I was trying to get the pipe, you know, the pipes loose, and it slipped off, and I whacked the tank, cracked it, and water started leaking. So, so this little simple project became a, one of those big things. I won't ask you guys to raise your hands how many you have done things like that. But anyway, here's the deal. I have friends who are just super gifted when it comes to just mechanical things. I have friends who, if something's not working, they can just look at it and it starts working. I don't know how they do it. If, if Lori were to compare me to somebody who is more gifted in a different area, it, it, it might be true, and, you know, but if that were something that, that she could really take some digs at, that, that would be something that could be disrespectful. And so we gotta be careful, again, with the area of, of comparison. And do I compliment as much as I complain? Ladies, you complain about your standard of living. Maybe you don't have what you were used to when you were growing up or what you don't have what the Joneses have next door or whatever. And you're just, you know, constantly letting your husband know that. 
that can be a, a way of showing disrespect. I read this once that a successful man is one who makes more money than his wife can spend. So that's, uh, that's good. A successful woman is one who can find such a man. So if that's your, uh, if that's your goal, then that's, then that's good. Okay, so how do I show respect? I think there's, there's three kind of handles we can give to this. The first is this, is acceptance. All right? Accept, accepting who they are. Um, I, I'm, I'm working on memorizing Colossians 3 right now, and there's, a, there's one phrase in that, that passage of Scripture which God keeps bringing back to my mind, and it's the phrase, make allowance for each other's faults. And, uh, and I, I just, I, I keep going back to that because it's so easy for me to get frustrated with other people. And God just says, hey, Jimmy, you're not perfect. And the same way you want to, you know, people to make allowance for your faults and, and flaws, you need to make allowance for each other's faults. Um, uh, I, I am, one of the things that, there's, there's, that, that uh, people kind of need to know about me, there's two things. One is, um, I'm usually late. I told you that the other night. I'm usually like two minutes behind. And the other thing is, um, I'm, I'm forgetful. I just, I, I'm, I just forget things, and, and uh, I've, I've worked at it. I, I make lists, and I, I, you know, I try different, different things to do, but I, I, just, I just forget so, sometimes. And I remember we were at our, um, our house back in Michigan, and I came home from, from work. This was back when we were, uh, we have a camp up there, and, and uh, I was on staff at the camp before I started traveling with this team. And, and, um, and so I, uh, I came home from work one day, and Lori said, would you go to the grocery store and pick up a few things? And so I was like, sure, yeah, it's no problem. So I jumped in the car, headed into town. There's only like three things she needed me to get. On the way into town, I looked down and noticed that the, uh, the fuel gauge was almost on empty. So I, I pulled in the gas station, filled up with gas, got back in the car, and went home. <laughs> Somewhere between the pump and getting back, and I forgot what the mission was, okay? As soon as I pulled back in the driveway... I went, oh, shoot, you know, and I called Lori. I'll be a few more minutes, you know, and, and, uh, and, and you know, I had to go back. And, 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 you know, and that's just kind of who I am. And, and, and it's funny, and we kind of chuckle about it, but this really drives Lori crazy because she's very gifted with this kind of thing. She doesn't forget stuff. She gets stuff done. And, and there's times when it it's really can be a frustration to her. And, and I try to reassure her. I try to, you know, she'll say, you know, are you going to remember to do this today? And I'll say it's on the list. And she says, uh, that gives me no confidence because I don't know if you're going to look at the list. And it's true. I can go all day and not look at my list and go, oh, I did a lot today. I didn't get anything done that I was supposed to. But that's kind of who I am. But she's, she's accepted me then realizes that that's who I am. And she tries to help me with some things, but, but is understanding that that's, that's just the, the person that I am. And, and uh, I am working on it, um, but, um, but I need her acceptance with that. The next thing is, is admiration, all right? Now, when I first started talking about this issue of respect, so for many of you, probably some particular person popped into your mind, whether it's, uh, whether it's a spouse or a boss or maybe somebody else in this church. And so when I talk about admiration, immediately you think, uh, uh, you lost me there, Jimmy. Well, just try this, okay? Try this exercise. Just focus on this other person's uh, positives. Just find one thing about them that you can see that, you know, there's a positive thing in their life and focus on that. Ladies, there's something, there must have been something in your husband's life that drew you to him back in the beginning, okay? So maybe you have to go back a ways and think of that. But, but be, you know, remember what that is 
And then, and then do this, verbalize it. All right? People need to hear. We need to speak when we, we, uh, we have things about other people that we can, we can focus on that are, that are positive. I, um, I, like, I love college basketball. And I was watching a basketball game a few years ago. And at one point in the game, one of the announcers made this statement. He said, the four best words in, in coaching are do more of that. And, and, and I thought, man, that is, that is so good. Most of us respond much better to positive affirmation than we do to, to constant criticism, you know, and complaining and those are the things. When somebody encourages me that I'm doing something well, that's, that's going to, that's gonna, you know, encourage me to keep after that. Ladies, you see your husband come home, and he's dog-tired. He's had a long day at work, and he stops and sits down with your kids and helps them with their homework, or he goes out and throws the ball. You need to encourage that. And I saw what you did. I appreciate that. You got somebody else in, in this church body that, that, that you see that maybe you just, you've had a struggle in a relationship. Whatever, it's, you see something positive, see them doing something around here. Go up to them. You know what? I, I so appreciate that you serve behind the scenes. I so appreciate that you're faithful. I, whatever. But learn to, to verbalize these things. And again, as we do that, we can work on outdoing one another in showing honor. Another thing you can do, ladies, is to teach your children to honor your husband. Teach them to respect him. I, I remember um, when the, our, our older boys were little, one of the things Lori would do is was they, she, she would just get them all excited about when dad would come home. And, uh, you know, I know a, lo a lot of guys, friends of mine, the, the, they don't like going home. There's something about the atmosphere in their home that they, they would rather stay. I've seen guys make excuses to do things to stay around the office longer so, so they could avoid going home. And I, I've, I've never been like that because one of the things that Lori did was when I'd walk in the door, my boys would just be like, Dad's home, Dad's home. And that just, that, that just encouraged me. I, I remember our oldest son, Jonathan, and I, we had this little routine. We, um, our, our uh, house back at Michigan, we, um, we had a, a glass door on, on the back door, and I, I'd walk up from the, being down at the office, and, and Jonathan would stand at that door, and he'd see me, and, and I, I'd come by, and, and he'd wave, and I'd wave, and he'd sprint down the hall, and I'd, I'd go around the back, and, you know, or go around to the front of the house, and, and I'd come in, and, and, um, and, and he'd greet me, and that was just kind of this little fun thing we did. And one day I came home, and uh, Jonathan waved, and I waved, and I went around the house, and I stepped up on the porch, and, uh, and uh, the door was shut. Lori was sitting out on the porch in a chair like this, and she was like, you better go in there or I'm going to kill him, you know? <laughs> so I was like, you just stay here. I'll bring you a Diet Coke, uh, you know? And uh, so, but that's, I'm not sure that has anything to do with it, but she had taught her boys to, to get excited about me coming home, and that, uh, that meant a lot to me. And then the last thing in this uh, uh, that we can do is, is to show adaptability. This goes along with what we talked about last night about showing interest in the things that interest others. And, and I, I share with you, I, I, love, I love college basketball. When Lori and I got married, I said, there's, there's two things you need to know about me. One is I don't dust, okay? I'll help with other stuff around the house. I'm not going to dust. And, but it's, the second thing is this. Um, uh, uh, March Madness is a holiday, okay? The whole month. All right, you, you've got to know that. That's, that's going to be the way it is. And so, um, and so what, she, what she did, what Lori has done is, is um, she would like decorate the house 
with like streamers and our team's colors and put this big bracket on the wall. And, and uh, she would like that, you know, those first two days where it's like, you know, 48 hours of nothing but basketball. She, she would make snacks and we'd fill the fridge with, with uh, um, Coke and, and, uh, and we just, and that was our, we, you know, we just, it became this big, fun, exciting family event. My, um, my second son, Austin, got married last November and, uh, and he, he uh, sent us a, a picture shortly after they got married and one of the first things that they got for their apartment was a Nerf hoop. And uh, he had it up above his wall, and he said, we're ready for March Madness. Uh, you know, and so now he's carrying this on. And so something that could have been, you know, okay, Jimmy's doing his basketball thing. I guess I'll lose him for the month or whatever, has, has become something that's it's a, it's a, it's a fun family event. And, and that's just that's the way Lori has shown some respect for me by taking interest in the things that interest me. And we can do that with one another by, by just finding some common grounds and understanding and, and becoming, you know, adapting our lives to the lives of others, a way of showing respect. So, so what's our homework for tonight? Okay, here's what I, here's what I want to do to work this thing out practically. The, the person that came to your mind when I talked about respect that maybe you struggle with, all right? Choose one thing that you admire or appreciate about that person and then verbalize it. Okay, maybe you need, maybe you're going to write them a note or something, but, but let them know. If it's your husband or wife, I would encourage you that on your way home tonight, that you, that you verbalize that. If you got kids in the car, say, you know what, kids, you know what I appreciate about your dad? You know what I love about your mom? Choose one thing about that person, and let's, let's, let's put this thing to practice. Let's not just be hearers, but let's be doers, and let's, let's work at uh, outdoing one another in showing honor and respect. Father, thank you for this truth and principle. God, this is, um, this is a difficult thing. There's, there's people that, um, that we struggle with. I know that um, plenty of people in my life that I have, have had difficulty with showing admiration and, and, uh, and respect to. But God, it's not something that you've asked us. It's not, it's not a feeling that we're supposed to have. It's not an emotion this is a conscious decision, and it's a matter of obedience. And just like we heard last night, God, we need your grace um, to choose the, the path of humility so, so that we can uh, obey. And so, God, would you give us the, the desire, would you give us the power to show respect and honor to the people you've brought into our lives so that we can give the world a right picture of who you are and make you look good. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.